It's Tuesday, May 11th, and you're listening to a brand new episode of The Julian Dion Show with Jen Grant. On today's episode, executive chef and chopped Canada champion Matt Pennell calls in the show. We talk about his career in the kitchen, food competitions, and TV. Plus, The Daily Dose with Jen Grant, your comments, and a whole lot more. And it all starts now. Now. Why don't we do a take test? Wait a minute, let's start again. Hello, hello. <laughs> Hi, this is Ron Votary. This is Alex Nussbaum. This is Jason Fraser. This is Matt O'Brien. Hey, this is Ray Zwicker. All right, world. My name is Cal Post. Guys, this is Christina Walkinshaw. This is Eddie Delisepi. This is Adrian Spencer. Uh, my name is Timo. And you're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy You're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. <laughs> Who am I talking to? What am yeah. I doing? Julian Dion story. Comedy Hour? We're okay. listening to the... <laughs> <laughs> See, I took the word out comedy. Changes the meaning completely, doesn't it? Not really, I'm overworking, but days in the holidays. Happy holidays. You're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. Now broadcasting live and totally uncensored. <laughs> From Lemon Press Studio in the beautiful Gatineau Hills. Project. I was like half asleep on the couch and now I'm projecting. Hey everyone, this is Christian Potenza. This is Gay Trevor Wilson. This is Jean Paul, aka the Island Hipster, hashtag hipster business. This is Steph Tola. Hey, this is Jake Goldsby. This is Sky Wallace. Hey everybody, this is Erica Sigurdsson, aka Ricky Six. Okay, hello. Hi. This is Howard Wagman. Hey, this is Peter Anthony, the PA system. This is Matt O'Brien. Some people like to, that's my rap name. This is Jen Grant, and you're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. <laughs> Show you and me belong, just like the flowers, laughing all day long. People, I need to lose. Sing a little song, then take a shower. Julian Dion. It's, it's a show. It's not an hour. It's a show. It's okay. Jen Grant, there's Jen Grant to my left, your right, if you are tuning in on video, watching us. Uh, Tuesday, brand new episode, Tuesday, May 11th, 2021, broadcasting to you from Lemon Press Studios in the beautiful Gatineau House. Hi, hi, hi. Available across all podcast pl- pod, pod, uh, 
podcast platforms. If you could do us a favor and go rate the show, review it. If you've got an iPhone, just go on your podcast, Apple Podcast app, the purple app, if you never use it. Everyone's got it. And leave a review of the show. It helps. It helps us grow. It helps us get out there. Definitely. And as you know, we do record the show live Mondays through Fridays at 7 a.m. So you can take part of the recording. Sigida. You can take part of the recording and and the interactive part of the show. Jen Grant is on comments. Yep. So you can be part of the process. If you will. I will. Executive chef and Chopped Canada champion Matt Pennell joins us this morning. In about 20 minutes or so, 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. What time is it? Oh, yeah, uh, we started a little late. Shit. 7.10. Yeah, so we'll, I guess we'll plow through the beginning of the show and... Plow on through. Get him on. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to talk to him. I wonder if... Because Chop, Chop Canada is a big deal. I wonder if it's like, okay, I've done other things, you know what I mean? I wonder. I don't think so. I think he's... He seems like a really nice guy who's, like, excited to talk about it. Well, coming up shortly, if you are watching live... I'm obsessed with And if you have uh, any questions... Yeah, it's a great show. If you have any questions for Executive Chef and Chop Champion, Matt Pennell, round of applause. How could you not have questions? Uh, uh, Drop them in the... um, Mm-hmm. Comment section on where to whichever platform that you're watching, and we'll get to them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what you said. We finished. Uh, how are you feeling, by the way? Vaccinated. Fine. Yeah, I got vaccinated yesterday. Got the Moderna. Julian is not a good person to have around Why? because you always freak me out. Before <laughs> going, you were like, "This, come here. I want to do a demo. I'm allowed to do it." You were like wiping the thing and then dink cotton swab describe it and then oh yeah the cotton swab on the shoulder and then uh, with his finger pretending to be the needle like that's not comforting (laughs) like he did that a bunch of times and then afterwards he's like how do you feel right now knowing that that spike protein is in your (laughs) system just circulate i'm like okay no but it is fascinating technology that like now your systems are, are on the defense your I don't like the th- I don't like thinking about that. But you didn't but even have an immune response. You're pretty Do you feel tired at all? Do you No, feel- but you know when I was talking to your mom, she told me she got the vaccine and she she got hyper from it. I find your mom she never has any complaints about her health ever. I know. Like I like her attitude and I was like, yeah, why can't healthy. I just choose that I'm going to be hyper cuz she said apparently with these vaccines you can have a response like that because it boosts your immune system right i don't know your mom's always glass half full so walk us through the process when you went for people that are either it's coming up okay i.e me on friday (laughs) and others that may be on the fence like was it did you have to wait in in line were people really friendly 
Yeah, well, the woman, understandably, was overworked. She expressed that to me, and I told her. Oh. I know. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> That's okay. I don't I mind that. tired, not enough breaks. Well, yeah, she works 15-hour days. Like, you know, and I wanted her to know how much I appreciated her, you know, and how much we all appreciate her because I said, you know, I, we can complain about, oh, I'm so bored. I know, but I don't home. want that kind of, with someone that's about to enter me. Enter you. It's a bit <laughs> dramatic. Enter you. Well, it's like, I don't know. I feel like I want the bubbly kind of, Well, it's all good kind suck of. Suck it up. Not Sorry. Not the disgruntled, well, I, exhausted. Well, she probably doesn't want to be on the front lines doing all, like, you know, imagine the people she has to deal with. Yeah. And I just wanted her, I just was overly kind to her because I was like, thank you for doing what you do because we can complain about being bored at home and wishing we could hang out with our friends and family. But you know what? It's a luxury to be able to stay home. She has to work and do all of that and, you know, be around people, expose herself, all that. So anyway. So how long did it take in and out? In and out. So you have to wait 15 minutes afterwards, just sit there to make sure you don't have a reaction. And so I would say in and out, 25 minutes. What kind of reactions Max. could you have in the 15 minutes following? That's that's going to be me. I'll be like, oh, well, I remember, I remember when. Is there when, a cookie? <laughs> cookie? I remember when I was, when my niece was young, like a little kid, she got one of her rounds of vaccines and she did have a reaction right after. It was like right after. Right. So I guess if you're going to have, she, she ended up being fine, but. If you're going to have a reaction, you'll have it. Many of them, I guess, will happen right afterwards. And when you get there, because it says on the appointment you can only show up up to five minutes before. No no more than that. Yeah. They take you right away. I'm yeah. freezing. I but The last couple of days, my cold hold, shower hold in the morning. To, hold on to your teeth. Hold on to your teeth. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. Hold on to your um, teeth. Lawrence, you up. Yeah, I, I found... It's interesting because when I got there, I saw where the vaccination was going to happen. And there was a pile of a box of disposable masks in front of the door. And you have to change your mask. Mm -hmm. And there's little tweezers. You know those? Have you seen people do that? They take the tweezers to pick the mask instead of putting your hands in it, which makes sense. Are we talking eyebrow tweezers or tongs? Kind of like that, like a little yeah. oversized eyebrow tweezer. Yeah, but mini tongs. Are we talking eyebrow tweezers or chef tongs on brand? Ooh, <clears throat> snap. Oh, I thought you were going to give yourself a ha-ha-ha. That doesn't deserve a ha-ha-ha. It was cute. Anyway, so I found it interesting because as I was sitting there, first of all, two things I found interesting. People were just standing there like... I don't know, not checking in with anyone. I hey, I'm here for a vaccination. They were just standing in the waiting room. It's like, well, why don't you go Which, and say... Is it... Where is, so it's in the pharmacy. Where's yeah. the waiting room? I don't understand. Well, not waiting. There's like a waiting area where the pharmacy is. Have you never noticed that? There's sit chairs and benches. Yes. Okay. I'm nervous even just going through so the So they're thing. just standing there. And then... And, and so she's like, vaccination? Is that how you say it? Yep. Me and she yells it and but people she's like you got to change your mask or whatever 
This guy puts his hand right in there. I'm like, do you not see the mini tongs that are there? Like, hello. Did you say something? No. Hello, mini tongs. Puts his hands right in there to grab it. It's like. Hello, mini chef tongs. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Ken said put hand sanitizer on and pick up the mask. Yes, except. There's also the tongs. I mean, if they're right there, why are, why would you go, oh, move these tongs out of the way. I got to put my hands right in and grab that mask. Hmm. It's so annoying. People are annoying. So then... That would bother me if I was the nurse. I'd be like, hello. It's clearly bothering you and you're not the nurse. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, Ken says everyone handling the tongs is no better, but they don't handle the tip that you pick it up with. They're just picking up the handle. Yeah, but then you the take handle. the you, then you take the edge the the side with everyone's meaty fingers on. Then you put that on your mask and you. Oh, I see what you mean. You know. Okay. All right. So then, okay. So g- getting past the tongs tweezer when, thing. Wendy says that's that is what I was thinking. Let the nurse hand them out. Yeah, that's a good point. So. Yeah, that's true, Ken. I get, I, I get, I get. She's we're obsessed with these tongs now. Anyway, <laughs> after the tong debacle, what if you? There should be a clear list. Sanitize your hands. Pick up the tongs. Or even just yeah. Anyway, you get so there. Then, <laughs> you sit down. You've got your mask. Let's get to the vaccine. Vaccination. Vaccination. So then I'm waiting there, and she calls. She doesn't call your name. Usually an appointment, you would do that. So maybe it's... Anyway, so um, she goes, okay, ready. I go in. And she says... What do you mean she just looked like locks eyes with you and goes, no. ready? Like she doesn't no. call your name? No, I just saw someone leave. So I stood up and went in. Like I was like, oh, should I come in now? And she's like, yeah, come in. So then she says, do you want to do your left or right shoulder? And I was like, oh. Oh, they give you the choice. Yeah. I'm going to go and right. And then I said, what do you recommend? That was a weird question. You really said, what do you recommend? Well, because there must be a reason. <laughs> Why is she asking? It's like, it's not. I, I'm so out of practice with social skills. <laughs> what is this? The, the daily, I, daily specials yeah. at the restaurant? See, we're on brand today. With, with the, <laughs> Why? S- that machine is too close to the microphone. Oh. You're what so you, proud of that. What do you recommend? I know. It's like the oh. fish or the, or the? the steak. <laughs> anyway, so, but I mean, there has to be a reason why people choose one over the other. Like, why are you giving me a choice? Um, and then I thought, what do well, you recommend? I can I picture have, you there all nervous. Like, oh, oh, what I, do you it's sore right now. And, and I already have a sore left shoulder. So I was like, do I do the right? Do I do the sore one or do I do the... And what are you, are you right-handed, left-handed? So then I thought, should I do the already sore one? I should have thought, so you should think about it. I'm so, going to go right, I feel like. No. Yeah, I'm going to do. No. Well, why did you say think about it and then you're like shutting Don't down do, my idea? Because I'll give you a reason. Why? Because you're a right-handed person. Perfect. That's, It'll give me an excuse to what? not do anything for a couple no, of days. No, you'll still have to do things. And then you'll be like, why did I do this? Do your left. I think I'm going to go right. Don't. Yes. No. Yeah, personal choice. No. <clears throat> okay. You're <laughs> up, irrationally upset about this. It's weird. Uh, anyway. So. And then does she do countdown? 
No. Like guide she us just through. Pinches your your shoulder right away, and then yeah. you feel it going in. Oh no, she does the cotton swab, swab, <laughs> swab, and then she did this. I noticed. To I'm dry I'm it. right here. Dry it. No, she oh, was drying it. Trying to get my attention. She was drying it with her with her hand, waving the the spot to make sure it was dry before we went in, and then um, she did this. Can you describe no, where, where a radio kidding. show? You know how you do the thing and you tap it. Or you tap the needle. Tap the needle. To, no, she didn't do that. Or not the needle, so but she, the. Uh, she really warmed up as I was nice to her, which I this is my new thing that I love doing. When people are grouchy, and she has total, I can understand why she's grouchy. She's gonna entitled to a bad day. Um, I love to be overly nice. Overly nice. So you're admitting that she was grouchy. Yeah. I don't want a grouchy nurse. Too bad. It's suck it up. No, she should suck it up. You should suck it up. She should suck it up and then push it in. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, so so anyway, she's like this, waving it to dry it, and then she she put it in, but she kind of pinches your arm like this. Like I, need, I need to be treated like a child when I go on Friday, holding my hand. Oh, yeah. What's going on? Go ahead. You want me to go no, in and no. hold your hand? Well, I'm done. Yeah. No, not you, the nurse. Wendy has an idea. Um, your arm does hurt after. She said, so maybe... Which side you sleep on? Because last night I found it annoying. Like, I was aware of it because I sleep on this side. I'm I'm having trouble figuring out how to sleep lately. <laughs> All of a sudden, my arms are in my way. My shoulders are in my way. I sleep on my back. I snore mm. i'm like i need a massage table where i can sleep with my face in a donut hole <laughs> i feel like i i need would that be weird if we had like a bed that would <laughs> every, be nice every night we go to bed they must have that you you get in the king size bed and i'm like good night and i just unfold this massage table on the other side of the room and just <laughs> they must have pillows like that yeah, but then you can't breathe if it's a pillow and it's That's against true. the thing. But I can't figure out how to sleep. 37 years old, I forgot. Last night, I'm trying. Left left side, I'm like, I'm injuring my shoulders on both sides, yeah. sleeping. Uh, I'll show you my a arm, new technique I, I, I have. I don't know what to do. My arms, are, and, and I'm like overthinking sleeping. I have a new technique. I'll show you. What is it? I can't. I, I can't. Hanging upside down in the I closet? I need to show you. It's kind of like you upside down in the closet. I'm not a bat. <laughs> sure fooled me. <laughs> the yeah, I can't. I can't sleep. I can't figure it out. Last night I was like, okay, well, how come? I I go on one side. Within two minutes, it hurts. My shoulder hurts. My bicep hurts. My pythons hurt. Pythons. And then I switch sides. I'm like, this hurts. My back. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I know. I feel like I, I should sleep. I talked about this before on the show about me. What if I slept in the tub, in the bathtub with mm, water? That, that sounds really comfy. With water though, and every you set set an alarm every forty five minutes to add some hot. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. Anyway, uh, so you got vaccinated and you're all good, and you you couldn't sleep on your shoulder. I was aware of it. Like I could feel it. It was, it's sore. It is sore. So if you normally, if you, what do you normally? I don't know. I don't have a normal side to sleep on. What did you have before? Like what, what did you used to do all the time? I can't remember. 
I forgot how to sleep. I don't know. I felt like my back, but now I can't sleep on my back. Mm. Anyway, I, I don't know what's going on with me. But yesterday we did a, because you said vaccination, it reminded me, we did a self tape. I had to do a self tape in French. Oh, I have an, another one to do. I can't forget. And how... Do I have to read? No, I think it's a voiceover, which... Yeah, it's a voiceover, so I just do my lines. But uh, how did you feel reading in French? Be honest. Why? And I, well, because I know you're like... How you really feel deep down, but you're trying to be supportive, so you're like... Well, it wasn't... Yeah, it wasn't great, but... That's okay. I knew it wouldn't be great. It's not like I'm an expert in French. But I got through it. Yeah, you did. And I got better as I went along. Didn't I? You did. Except I said um, mysterious wrong. I kept saying, pronouncing, instead of uh, mysterious, right? That's right. Mysterious. I kept saying, go. (laughs) Mysterious. Every every take... Mysterious, but it doesn't matter because you're no. just the reader. Just the reader. Okay. Just the reader. Hmm. I'll remember that. I thought it was really important. Do you have a quick daily dose to do before we bring sure on? Sure do. Let's do a quickie. Okay. Oh, shoot. You know what? It's so much faster now because I, I don't have a, an external hard drive. So it's like, because remember, sometimes I used to press play would take a few seconds. No, but I believe you. Daily dose, daily dose, get the news from coast to coast. Daily dose, daily dose, all your news from coast to all coast. News and headlines from Jen Grand. Here's your daily dose for Tuesday, May 11. They are saying that the stay at home order in Ontario will likely be extended to June 2nd. Um, does is there technically a stay-at-home order in Quebec as well? Yes, eh? I mean, we have the curfew. Yeah, you're not supposed to go anywhere. I mean... <clears throat> not technically, but... Yeah. I, I had a feeling that would happen. They, they are probably going to extend it to June 2nd because of the May long weekend and everything else. And it Do would you know Ontario has the longest lockdown in the world? No. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I had a feeling that would happen, though, and... It's probably a good idea. My might as well just keep her keep her shut down. So it's less than a month away until June second. So mm-hmm. like three more weeks. I think we can handle it after the shit year we've had, right? Anyway, uh, this is uh, tell a, that to the small business owners. I know, I know, and I am not being <clears throat> insensitive. I I feel for you, but it's like uh, we've already been. I know, but you're right. I don't know what to say, but. You're right. People are pissed. Of course, I get that. Uh, uh, but I do think that they're going to make amendments. I think there's... I read something in the news where they'll offer rapid tests for certain small businesses so that if you want to enter, you have to do the test. If you're negative, you can come in. I don't understand why rapid testing isn't more of a thing. Like yeah, I know. You go to Ottawa, you can pay 200 bucks. You get a rapid COVID test. You get the results within like 15 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, if, if you work on a set or something, or if you're but trying if to you go to New Brunswick, you have to isolate for two weeks. It's yeah. like, I would pay anything to, to test right I away. I know, I know. Uh, yeah, so 
We, um, speaking of which, I also read a story that I was going to say later in the Daily Dose, but it's relevant right now because you just brought up New Brunswick. I was just reading that they have like a healthcare issue in New Brunswick. Did you know that? What do you mean? Well, there's a man who uh, is, was living in Alberta. He had um, he had disability from his work, so he wanted to move somewhere that he's always he's always loved New Brunswick. He visited it ten years ago. Decided, you know what? I'm gonna move there when I'm retired because it's such a beautiful place. Lots of nice people. He ended up getting disabled from his work, so he retired early on disability. One of the he could live anywhere in Canada, but he had to have a healthcare provider or a doctor, someone to to uh, have in that wherever he was moving. Well, he was just assumed everything would be fine. Moved to New Brunswick, bought a house, and now he can't get a doctor. Oh no, he can't. The, apparently, I didn't know this about New Brunswick, but apparently there is a waiting list for a doctor. Um, let me tell you the number exactly. As of December 2020, that just passed, 44,226 people are on the wait list to get a doctor in New Brunswick. Oof. I know. Crazy, eh? So anyway, he's like, careful if you're just deciding to move, assuming everything is And fine. a lot of people are moving to New Brunswick. Yeah. A lot of people from Ontario. Yeah. So I think you you have a better chance getting a doctor if you know someone or you know like you used to have a doctor there yeah so you could contact that doctor yeah like if and when we build a place there and move there Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have any problems yeah we could also just uh hound jules that's true (laughs) good old jules so this is a crazy story so in ottawa on mother's day so on sunday a 32-year-old woman met this woman uh, in a Facebook group for new mothers. She, this this woman, 32-year-old woman from Quebec, met this woman in Ottawa yeah. in a Facebook group for new mothers under the guise of being a new mother. She wasn't a new mother. Which which of the two mothers? There's this two mothers. This 32-year-old mother. No, she's not a mother. This 30, 32-year-old woman... Okay, one's a woman, one's a mother. Okay. Well, they're both women, but you know what I mean. Just for the purpose of the one, story. Okay, the Ottawa one or the Quebec one is well, a, a mother. She, this happened in Ottawa, but this one woman is from Quebec. Whoa. The thirty-two. Okay, just listen. Start over. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, well, if I'm <laughs> lost, other people are lost. I don't know about that. There's a 32-year-old woman. Let's call her Mary. Okay. Okay. She befriended this woman named Catherine. Mary and Kathy. Who is a new Mary Catherine? Was a new mother. Oh, stop with no, the eyes. No, go, go. This is you. <laughs> wow. You can't even understand it. Anyways, which one is not the mother? Are you kidding? Kathy still? or Mary? Yes, you, Mary. You didn't, say, you didn't say. You didn't say. Can you just let me Kay. tell the story? Go ahead. So Mary befriended this woman. She Catherine, who just had the baby. Catherine had just had a baby like eight days before. This woman, Mary, says, I want to come and bring you a package to like a gift basket to say Happy Mother's Day because you're a brand new mother. And she's pretending to be a mother. She's pretending to be a new mother. Got it. Drives to this woman's house, gives her the gift basket, maces her, bear mace, in the face. What? Steals her baby. What? And runs away. 
Oh, I think I saw this on the news. Yeah, and neighbors, neighbors, I guess, um, tackled her down and and saved the baby, and the baby's fine. Oh, I saw I saw her picture, uh, blonde lady. Yeah. Crazy, eh? Yeah. On Mother's Day. What's what's the point of that? What are you trying to do? I know, I know. Like how that's a clearly very insane person. Like what's going to happen from this? Yeah. Oh, so stupid. So I'm surprised he didn't bring this up, but NBC canceled 2022 Golden Globes. I saw that. And I saw that uh, Tom Cruise is giving back his three Golden Globes. Yeah. Which is kind of ironic that Tom Cruise is making a statement against corruption when he's a Scientologist. But anyway. What do Scientologists, uh, are they racist? Not racist, but incredible corruption. And but go ahead. Yeah, and then uh, I guess it's the Hollywood Foreign Press Association that everybody's upset about. Even before the cancellation uh, announcement, Scarlett Johansson and Mark Ruffalo are and other st- stars um, were already urging members of the entertainment industry to distance themselves from the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. So I guess there's it's been there's been a negative. Um, outcry from many. So this is this is progress, though. This is how things. Uh, so they canceled the Golden Globes. Yeah, for twenty twenty two. So under what they need more what they need more inclusivity. Hmm. There's not one member on the Hollywood Foreign Press who is uh, of color. So anyway, that's good. I mean, that's how shit happens, right? That's how things change. Yeah. And that's your daily dose for today. Let's talk to Matt Pennell. Daily dose, daily dose. Get the news from coast to coast. Daily dose, daily dose. All your news from coast to coast. All the news and headlines from Jim Grant. Okay. I need to pee. Seriously? Yeah, but I'm I'm gonna hold no, it. No, go. I'm gonna hold it. Go, I'll go and t- I'll go. Go, go. Why go don't quick. you talk about Matt's bio for for? I will. Thirty seconds. Do you have it? At e- email open. I sure do. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. I hate that. Sorry, I'm, I hate to do this. We need like a code word for it. Hesh. <laughs> so, so I'm quite excited for our guest today. Uh, as I said before. He is a Chopped Canada champion, which is very exciting. And I uh, really, really love Chopped. It's one of my favorite shows. Um, I, I lo- absolutely love it. I watch every single episode. I watch Chopped Canada. Um, so I'm really pumped and I love cooking. And I'm sure you guys can um, relate to how exciting this guest is. So he seems like a very, very nice person. Um, he has a lot of impressive credits to his career. He lives, he makes his home right now in Moncton. He's currently the uh, executive chef and food and beverage manager at Legends Catering at the Moncton Coliseum uh, Trade and Convention Center. He's done so much. He is originally from Newfoundland. Um, we'll talk to him all about the details of everything, but uh, he's done so much. He has um, been everywhere from San Francisco to, uh, Nova Scotia has been on television a bunch. He has done many culinary, uh, competitions and, uh, 
he was also named uh, among the top 20 under 40 in the Greater Moncton cha- Chamber by the Greater Moncton Chamber of Commerce. And he is an entrepreneur. He has done so much with his career. And uh, Julian is uh, going to call him right now so we okay. can connect with him and chat with him and ask him about everything he's accomplished. Let's do it. Let's get him on the phone. It's ringing. Here we are. I believe we are live now with uh, Chef Matt Pennell. Hey, how are you? Hey, man. Hi, Matt. Good morning. uh, Morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Good, sir. I'm doing great. I've just uh, been sitting here uh, watching you guys on YouTube. I feel like I'm sitting in the living room with you, but (laughs) after about... After about five minutes, I've just just been staring at this cat <laughs> in the middle of both of you. Isn't he so cute? Yeah, that's... He's so chill. He's so chill. Oh, that's yeah. a nugget. Um, nugget. Yeah. I love it. Nugget meat. <laughs> oh, when you said nugget, I could kind of hear the uh, Newfoundland accent a little bit there. Oh, a little bit. Yeah, it comes out every now and then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How long have you been um, in Moncton? I've been in Moncton for... Uh, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or 11 years. Oh, my God. Um, so I moved here from uh, Nova Scotia. Uh, but I moved away from Newfoundland uh, about 21 years ago. Okay, nice. Yeah. Do you miss it? I do. Uh, you know, uh, I don't miss the weather. I'm from the Avalon Peninsula, so like a little town called Holyrood, which is close to St. John's. Uh, so the <laughs> summer is like August Two weeks in August. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, uh, I mean, I might be exaggerating, but um, I don't. I don't really miss the weather, but I, I miss the people. I miss the culture. I, yeah, it's very the special family. there. Right? It's very, very unique. Very special. Oh, it's it's, it's incredible. It's there, incredible. Any, anybody, anybody we bring, we we usually, you know, outside of horrible, stupid COVID, uh, we usually go down. Uh, once a year for like two to three weeks and um, we have friends that usually join us for uh, a week of that and uh, they never want to leave it's just incredible it really is yeah yeah the people there's there's nobody like uh, just the uh, the warmth and they they really do treat you like an old friend when you just meet we we would go up for gigs all the time and when we would start uh, we started asking people about local cuisine and Towton's came up <laughs> Is my saying that right? Towtons? Is that it? Yeah, have a Towton uh, or do it out. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is just fried dough, essentially, right? Yeah, it's like a it's like a, like a better biscuit. version of a beaver tail, essentially. Yeah. yeah, yeah, almost like a tea biscuit, almost. Yeah, you know what? That Julian, that is a really good. It's like a cross between a beaver tail and a tea biscuit. There it is. Yum! I want a Towton right now. Yeah, it's a it's a beaver biscuit. And how does it get served? The Towton is it usually with like um, cinnamon and sugar? Same same kind of thing as a beaver tail? No, no, it's uh, uh, fresh butter and um, uh, molasses. Ah, interesting. So, Mm -hmm. being a a Newfoundlander and a a nice uh, guy and and warm as your people are. How? Because bo- both Jen and I have worked in restaurants for many, many years in uh, front of house, mm-hmm. and there are many different kinds of chefs. A lot of them uh, are, are 
angry, scream under pressure. Because <laughs> to me, to me, being a chef is one of the hardest jobs. I mean, to have a restaurant full of people, to have all these chits lined up, and it's all on you to pump out these meals, not only in a timely fashion, but also a good food that people will come back and consistent food. So it's, you know, you have to... I, I don't know. There's there's an element of compartmentalization that happens with chefs that's like beyond anything I can comprehend. What kind of chef are you in the kitchen when you're in the thick of it, in the weeds? Are you a, a screamer? I, no, like I I would I'm like the crazier it gets, the calmer I get. Like you said, the departmentalize. I think you have to you know. You have to be a filing cabinet, essentially, and uh, you know we don't forget things. Don't get me wrong. When when you know when we're in the thick of it and things are said, it is addressed after service. Yeah. Uh, but you just have to like decide, you know, what's what's worth it and what's not, and uh, and whatever is best for the success of the service and the success of the team. Um, I, I'm definitely not a screamer. I I don't scream at people. I talk to people. Um, there might have been a point in my very young career where, you know, before I was, you know, when I was like a line cook where I, was, I thought I knew everything and you couldn't tell me anything. And uh, I might have I yelled back then, but uh, once I got a little older and matured, I think that comes with any profession. Um, sorry, I'm just envisioning somebody working in the office and like yelling at people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, get this report out. Uh, no, uh, so yeah, I'm definitely not a screamer. I'm definitely a talker. It's whatever, whatever is the best, whatever is the best for the team and uh, and the success of the service and and the quality of the food. Yeah, there's so many times as a server, I've walked into a kitchen with just a pit in my stomach, like knowing this is not going to go well. Or or Jen, you had that story of oh man, when I was 18, my first serving job. There was this very angry chef, uh, and I i was really afraid. I was still a kid, 18. I was so afraid to tell them that they didn't like their egg, eggs benedict, and and they said that it was cold or something like that, and, and I had to bring it up to them, and there's that space between the heater there, what do you, whatever you call it, that... The heat lamp? Yeah, the, the heat pass. lamp and, like, the pass, yeah, so... So, you know, I'm, I'm bringing it, but I'm like shaking. Like, I'm so scared because this guy had such a hot temper. And like I said, I'm a kid. I'm timid. I'm nervous to even just be in the world. Like, so I, I handed it to him and I said, uh, sorry, excuse me. Um, this egg's Benedict. The customer thinks it's cold. And he goes, what? And, and like, he freaks out at me. He took his knife and actually. Like it's your, like it's your fault. Like right? it's my fault. <laughs> and picture, he, he's like a grown man and I'm this child and he's got this knife between the pass and he's like, you tell your customer that's a good eggs Benedict. I'm doing a terrible so accent. So was anyway. he was he was he French or was he Grover? I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was that accent? Neither, which is a really strange. I think he was from Cambodia. I don't know, and it was a okay. terrible accent. See, obviously, like the, nothing further than from French. Anyway, so yeah, so he he flipped out, and uh, I've always been scared to approach. Yeah, I mean it's a stressful job, and if you don't have the right personality for it and to be able to Mm -hmm. handle the pressure. So that's a good point, Jules, that like to be a really good chef and to do well at competitions and stuff, that's so much more than just being a good cook, right? Like there's so many other skills you need. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it is. And like, so, um, 
Adam Lund, who I work with, he actually he's the chef of the kitchen uh, nowadays. He he oversees the day to days and, and like uh, creates all of the menus. We have this conversation all the time about how much the industry has changed because you know he's been in the industry for twenty five plus years. I've been in twenty one plus years, and what the industry is now compared to what it was, you know, even ten years ago, like people just aren't putting up with the bullshit anymore. It's, you're getting harassed at work. Someone yelling at you for dropping a egg, like yeah, like the the you know the the old boy, you know, ways of the kitchens are gone, and and kitchens are so diverse now, and you can't you can't have that in the kitchen. It's just it's not right. And it's Anyways, like that's that's my serious moment for the day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you said, sometimes things are said, and and you can address it afterwards. And there is this sense of there is no feeling like getting through a crazy rush at a restaurant, both for front of house and back of house. You kind of get through it together, and after you you uh, have a dart by the dumpster out back, and it's like oh, <laughs> we we got through it. And there's like this this camaraderie, and then you can kind of make up. Uh, after you know, so in the heat of the moment, it's so much pressure. Yeah. I always say people should be forced in life to work in a restaurant for three months and and travel. But working in a restaurant, just so you know how things work, because uh, mm-hmm. because people have no clue when they come in and they're just so rude. Oh my god! Oh, and they just and they, and they, they ask they, for mods. How do you feel about mods when people? Uh, I'm totally okay with mods as long as it's you know, you know. As long as it's reasonable, if they want like a salad and they don't want the, you know, tomato or whatever, or they, right? Or they, or they want, you know, they don't want the dressing that we were we made. They want to have a balsamic or something. Sure, it's okay. Yeah, that's fine. You know, and, and it just depends on on the setting as well. You know, I I'm a I'm a big believer in a dish. You know, is made the way it's supposed to be eaten. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, there's there's restaurants out there that are, that are you know, it's just food and it's it's tasty, it's salty and whatever. You know what I mean? There's those hole in the walls, diners, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, a dish is made the way it's supposed to be eaten, and it, and it, and it right. shouldn't be modded. But if somebody you know, if somebody wants it modded, that's fine. Uh, my one of my biggest pet peeves is people just grabbing the salt shaker and just dousing their plate in salt. Um, before right. they even taste it, it's like, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, Jen, I think you and I were just briefly chatting about this the other day on the phone. Um, is the, is the allergy not allergy? Like just kidding. I'm not actually allergic. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's like, <laughs> it's the, it's the, you know, and the, the whole glute, the whole gluten now, it's like, I'm not allergic to gluten. I don't eat very much gluten because it makes me feel horrible. Uh, just like kind of bloated. I just, you know, as we get older, we, we're not, we're not, we're not digesting like we used to. Let's face it. Uh, so, but when somebody comes in the restaurant, they go, Oh, well, I can't have this. Can you change this and this? Cause I have a gluten allergy. Okay. So you do (laughs) three courses later and you get to dessert and they go, Oh, I'll have the cake. And it's like, well, (laughs) well, it's okay. It's okay. If it's in dessert, it's fine. It's like, (laughs) yeah, you have to be kidding me. Like, you know, stuff like that, just or like, you know, I'm allergic to onions. Like, do you are you allergic, or do you just not like them? Yeah. Well, I just don't like them. Well, because if you're allergic to onions, you can't have anything. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, it's a whole other thing. I mean, there's cross contamination. If it's an actual allergy, it's uh, that's why I say people should work forced to work. You graduate high school and then you're a bus boy for for three months, and then and then you can move on to other things. But just to understand the inner workings of a restaurant and that uh, it's people at the end of the day, like working in there, you know, it's just crazy. The, the entitlement people walk in with uh, sometimes they treat the front of house staff a certain way. And then they just um, disrespect the back of house with these crazy mods that people will just make up their own dishes sometimes. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's insane. And then, you know, especially, and that throws, you know, a wrench in the cogs when you're, super busy so the server has to communicate all these things and then the kitchen has to like stop what they're doing and really you know and it, if it's an allergy 100 percent, yes like tell us please like yeah we have to make sure we get this right and we want to get it right and we want to make sure you're happy we want to make sure you have a great meal but you know silly mods are just they're just, yeah. they're just that. They're just that. They're just silly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I remember yeah. I worked with this chef who I asked, we worked at, a, he had, a, he had a designed the menu. It was all fresh pasta, authentic. He took a lot of pride in it. Just the stuff, like the kind of things you're talking about. Uh, it was downtown. So it attracted a lot of, he thought that it attracted a lot of people that wanted spaghetti and meatballs, not like the, the really creative, authentic thing that he had created. And somebody wanted many people asked, can I have the seafood linguine without the mussels? And when we first started, so first opened the restaurant, he said, no, I'm not going to do that. And I was like, oh, what? So, so okay. I should just tell them no muscles, and he's like, "No, it's not going to taste good without the muscles. It won't taste good." So I'd have to like go up to people and say, "You have, you can't have yeah. that without the muscles." And he's like, "It'll change the entire flavor of the whole dish." <laughs> yeah. And anyway, eventually he had to accommodate because the owner was like, "You know, I still want the business. Like, if people will leave because you won't change the menu, it's a, that delicate balance, right?" Yeah, and I've seen that argument a lot. I've seen that battle. I've been in that battle with the you know owner versus the the chef. Yeah, yeah. It's, it can get quite heated. But yeah, for sure. I, I was ne- I was never one to deny a mod, uh, you know, unless it's like, you know, well, instead of the French fries, I want a lobster tail. Uh, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who doesn't? But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, it's. So we used to save the crazy ones, uh, and then have a little vote at the end of the week of who had the craziest mod. Yeah, it's, keeps it keeps it light, anyways. Yeah, it's uh, quite the profession that you do. It's it's again, I can't even fathom the the pressure. How did you go from? Uh, chef to then uh, food competitions is that something because you've done so many competitions on your bio Jen was reading off um, just a few minutes ago is that was that a conscious thing that you wanted to to get into yeah you know it's something that I regret I didn't do more of in my younger career um, I was just too busy you know as you put it out earlier having Darts by the dumpster after work and going out for beers, but uh, as I got older, uh, as I got older, um, I just kind of reverted back to it. And uh, I, I'm a really competitive person by by nature. Uh, maybe competitive is not the word. Like I, I just I need a challenge. I always need a challenge. I always need that next thing to challenge me, so I can you know 
it's like I'm never, I can never sit still. I drive my wife nuts. I can't, I can't, I can't sit down. I'm always moving. Uh, and, uh, she, you know, I'm always just spouting off ideas and things I should do. And, uh, but anyways, I find competing really helps I'm with me with my like ADD slash OCD. It just kind of in an odd way, it calms me down. Uh, and, and really I can focus my energy on, on those big competitions and the craziest one I've ever done. Chopped was really cool. Chopped was like 16 hours. That was awesome. It was oh, different because wow. it was, it was like TV. Um, but the one I just did, uh, right before COVID the nationals, uh, for Canadian culinary championships in Ottawa was just insane. So we flew in and then there was this big gala at, um, I think it was city hall. Uh, and we were introduced to the media. It was like 12 chefs all from across Canada. And then, um, they gave us this mystery bottle of wine and we had to like open it and smell it. And then we had to, we couldn't drink it. Well, we know we could drink it. Sorry. Uh, but it was unlabeled. And then they handed us an envelope of like, I think it was like 400 bucks. And then we had to go to bed and then wake up the next morning and go out shopping wow. and, and buy the ingredients to cook us like a two bite course for 400 people out of this $400 to pair with the wine. So we did that. Wow. And then, and could it, was it open to anything or did you have a theme or anything? You could just pick whatever. You just did whatever. So we went out shopping and then we went back to the Algonquin college, um, and each chef and their sous chef prepped this thing. And then we packed it all up and went to the aviation museum. And then we served it in a place wow. where there was absolutely no kitchen. You just had like Bunsen burners and, and whatever. So we did that, and then we that was over like 10 o'clock at night. We got back to the hotel. I was in bed by 12. I had to get up at 6 and go do the black, compete in the black box competition at the college. And then once we did that, we had to pack up our food and go to the Shaw Center to compete in the final leg, which was the grand finale. Wow. Which we had to serve our signature dish to like 650 people. Come on. Yeah, it was just bananas. What is your so, signature yeah, dish? Can you, yeah, can you tell us what you did for each one of them? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so um, we did uh, my myself and uh, Adam, who I mentioned earlier. He was my sous chef for the competition. Who um, was listening? So, shout out to Adam. Uh, we did for the first course. So, the wine ended up being a local Pinot Noir. We did this. Um, uh, and keep in mind, we had $400 to like do like all these wow. people. So it was like, so we did, uh, crispy crepes, uh, with, uh, braised. Oh my God. My, my, my mind is escaping me. Braised something, a braised meat, braised, no braised pork belly. Okay. Braised, oh, that yeah. sounds amazing. Uh, that does sound good. <laughs> or yeah. And then a piece of crispy pork belly. And then we did a uh, chicken liver brandy mousse with uh, fresh peas and mushrooms. And there was a sauce on there. Sorry, my mind is like, it was so, it was like crazy. Uh, and then we served that. And then so for the black box, the ingredients were 
they weren't as like outlandish as the ingredients that chopped can get sometimes by the way jen did you see that video i sent you no i the never saturday got it night, the saturday night live skit oh that sa- one uh, yes that of was the great chopped, um, yeah I, there's stuff in there i won't say on your <laughs> podcast but it was funny it was really uh, funny really funny yeah but it but it, you know this this comp this black box for uh the nationals um so it was like kelp powder parsley root elk um saskatoon berries or hascap berries and then a few other ingredients and then so you had to create a dish around that so we did uh this celery root or pure or yeah parsley root puree so parsley root it looks like a parsnip so it's Mm -hmm. white tastes of parsley and then we made a green by blanching the the greens of the parsley root and then blending it in lots of butter or lots of citrus. And then we did a Saskatoon berry jus. Uh, we did, what else did we do? Oh my God. Oh, well, so many details to remember, eh? I'm, like I'm, yeah, it's, to it's insane. Yeah. I'm intermittent so, fasting and this is killing me right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the signature dish was uh, Subi lamb loin with our herb crust, air dried tuna, uh, smoked preserved mushrooms, lamb wow. jus with uh, a, uh, a custard of um, sea buckthorn berries. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but no. uh, they grow like like coastal. They're like a coastal berry. They're like, it's like it's the sourest thing you could put in your mouth. They're really interesting. Anyway, so at the end of it, we were just, we didn't, we didn't place. Uh, we did not place on the national podium. Uh, I think, I think we heard like out of 12, I think we placed fourth or fifth or something. Um, but uh, it, it's so much fun, and it's so it's. I know it's it. It was absolutely exhausting, but the, it's so rewarding. Yeah. And uh, you know, I just and the camaraderie of all the chefs years ago. And let's go back. Let's go back to this. You know, asshole chef thing. Um, can I say that? Yeah, absolutely. That? Totally. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago. These chefs, they probably wouldn't even hung out or, or spoke. Uh, and they would have been, you know, jerks to each other. But, uh, but it was everybody positive. was so friendly. Every, we, and we made so many friends. That's great. Uh, we keep in contact the next day. Ian um, Carswell, who is, who is a competing chef in Ottawa, he took us out for lunch and paid for it. Like, just super nice guy. Uh, everybody was so nice. And one of the girls, actually, she's on um, Top Chef Canada. Okay. Right, right now, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, with so, com- comedians, when we do festivals, it's kind of the same thing where you get to hang out with people you normally don't get a chance to hang out with. So it's a real bonding experience. That's so. And was it always like that? Because I know that your 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 profession is very stressful as well. I couldn't imagine getting up on the stage. We should swap. And someone, and <laughs> someone swap say, yeah, them. right. So hey, go be funny for you know. <laughs> Half an hour. I, 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 <laughs> that that frightens the living shit out of me. To be oh, honest, it, it did for, <laughs> to me. Like the first eight years of my career, I was terrified the entire time. Yeah, but anyway, it takes a long time if, to not be. Yeah. Do you think there's a TV show we could do, like a swap, like a comedian? Oh swap hell yes, yes. <laughs> In fact, we're gonna bleep the this wheels, out. We're gonna edit this out so no one does it before us. The but wheels that's are great... turning, Matt. The wheels are turning. <laughs> That would be a great show. Swap you swap with a chef. First of all, uh, you, you just just a small manageable thing like you serve I don't know thirty people in a restaurant or something. 
Ugh. And uh, I think that's that's a show I would watch. How do you think the Food Network has affected your industry? Like, like as you said, like the asshole chef and the screamers. That's kind of more, you know, the the older guys in the industry that's dying off. But but guys like Gordon Ramsay come on and glorify that, where where some guys might lead into it more after seeing it on TV. How do you think overall the Food Network has affected your industry? Oh, um, it's a loaded question, uh, Julian. Uh, well, I asked that it, because we get asked the sim- a similar question about Netflix. Like, wh- what do you think about all these Netflix comedy specials and how, right. how it affects the industry? I I think the more the merrier. It, it, it helps. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, here, here's, I, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Right. So, the, it's great that, um, so many more people are into food now. So many more people are open to trying new things um, because of networks like the Food Network. Um, but there's also the other side of things where you have people going to culinary school for all the wrong reasons. Right, uh, and that's to be on TV and to be a superstar and to be a chef. Like, for, for one, when you come out of culinary school, you are not a chef. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you're just you're a cook, you're a line cook. You know, you know what I mean. You, and and the chef, the term chef gets gets beaten around a lot too. You know, um, you see it all the time. Um, and like to your point, Gordon Ramsay. I mean, it's that's pure. That's pure entertainment. That's the only reason he does that. Right. Because if because if he did treat it to people in his kitchens the way he treats people on the show, he he would be sued so many times. He might have been. I don't know. Uh, but but people don't know that when they watch it, right? So they just right. think that's the reality of it. Yeah. Um, so I met Gordon Ramsay when I was working in San Francisco, uh, and he is the nicest guy. Yeah, is that right? So it's just yeah. for it's just a persona. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, I'm sure back in back in the younger years, he, you know, when he was working with Marco Pierre White, uh, and you know, they were like the the hottest chefs going. Uh, you know, before they were on TV, I'm sure. Yeah, those were the old days. I'm sure there was a lot of cursing and and that kind of helped him make his TV persona, but. There's no way he can treat people like that nowadays. I mean, he he runs a huge corporation. Like, yeah, true. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's just impossible. So, you know, to answer your question, uh, yeah, it has it has effects uh, um, both negative and positive. I just I just hope that um, in schools, in culinary schools across Canada or wherever, they're that's that's something that they're hitting home on is that you know this isn't the food network this is real life it's interesting you say that about how how people will get into culinary schools for the wrong reason because i've i've said this i find that now the the pinnacle of any career the top that you can get uh now is be on tv whereas before it was the pinnacle of a career would be just to be the best at that thing and that was good enough but now it's regardless of the industry it's to be on tv whether that's whether you're uh uh in in a uh, real estate it's not only to be the best realtor but it's one step further to then be on tv uh, ice road trucker anything uh a chef 
the pinnacle for everything now is to be famous, is to be on TV because of reality TV. It's kind of opened that up. Do you find? Yeah, show, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. And social media too. Yeah, social media. Everybody's a star. Everybody wants to be legend. Yeah, like it's created this whole thing. But I was just going to go back to that uh, Food Network thing. Do you find that that people will come into a restaurant and think they know better? Or like know better than the chef or will request things or, or I, I don't know. It, it kind of, um, because people will watch enough of it and think, oh, I can do this. Um, yeah, I've experienced moments like that. I guess it would be the equivalent of a heckler. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, that, you know, have you guys ever had a heckler in your in your audience that was just... Like a complete asshole. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. I mean, I have to admit, uh, nine times out of ten, it's not, they're not being assholes. They think they think they're helping. They, they think, think they're being funny. right? Yeah, they think they're being funny. But it has happened. I've I've early on in my career, I've had a, a you suck w- once or twice, which is uh, they're rarely sober, too. FYI. Yeah, and that's the same as that diner that thinks they know food and are just spitting off things that they you know, here on the Food Network or, or they read in a, you know, cook at home cookbook or whatever. Um, and they're generally intoxicated. Right, you know? right. It's, it's kind of a similar situation. And, you know, you just kind of, in the service industry, it's so weird. You just, if that happened on the street, you would, you would be in a, you would be in an argument. Yeah, but yeah, it, sure. because, because they come into your workplace and they're paying to be there they that they can right they, they can they can act like that yeah. apparently yeah you mentioned cookbook would you ever do a cookbook uh i would i would uh, i've talked about it with my uh my friend uh chef alex Hahn. uh he's the chef down in uh uh saint andrews at the kingsbury garden uh phenomenal chef uh so we've talked about doing a book together uh but i am in one book uh, there is a book that was released a couple of years ago um, called Flavors of New Brunswick, and it's uh, some of the top chefs across New Brunswick, and we all have about three or four pages in there, and with uh, some recipes. All right, cool. Yeah, Can't... so I'd love to be able to do one like, you know, like solo. Uh, I've started a couple of times, uh, and that's like you know that challenge thing I, I go back to, uh, but it keeps getting put on the shelf. Jules, I'm I'm dying to talk about chops. Yes. Okay, let's, yeah, let's, let's yes, get into yes, chop yes, for sure. Yeah. I am obsessed with the show. I love it so much. And um, I, so where do we start with it? How did you get on the show? I applied. Um, I Let's back it up a bit. So the first year that um, Top Chef Canada was on the air, I applied. And I made it so far in like the casting and the very last like casting interview, they said, you're too serious. (laughs) You're too, you're you're too serious. You're too serious about cooking. Oh, what? That's such a weird thing. Like, yeah, it's like, you need to have this energy. You have to have an energy and, you know, positivity and blah, 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 you know, to be on TV. And that's the thing people forget. They're making a TV show at the end of the day. Exactly. Uh, So, and at that point, 
in my life. I think I, I was I, I was probably like 24 at that point, a long time ago. Uh, so <laughs> uh, uh, it uh, it really kind of just stung me in a weird way, where I said, you know, if I can't be serious about what I love to do, then why would I why would I be somebody I'm not and do it on TV? You know. Yeah. Um, and after I lightened up after a couple, a couple of years, uh, I was like, okay, well maybe I'll give this thing a shot. So I said to my uh, wife at the time, I was like, I think I'm going to apply for CHOP. She's like, yeah, you totally should. So I did. Uh, and I was a bit more jovial than at this time because, you know, <laughs> CHOP, chopped is a, chopped is a, you know, it's, you have to have skills. No doubt it is a hard competition, but the ingredients are just bananas right. you know yeah we should maybe just quickly for anyone that doesn't know the show chopped basically it's it's um, four chefs competing you have three courses and each course you start with appetizers and main course and dessert round and you get a mystery basket with uh, mystery ingredients four or five different outlandish things that are usually not connected in any way or or just to throw the chefs off and then you have to make a course in a ridiculous amount of time short amount of time and then you're judged by three or four celebrity judges for anyone that hasn't seen it it's a highly addictive show it's a great premise for a show because it can go on forever in any market it's great my least favorite is the dessert (laughs) but i know you and i both yeah i like the appetizer (laughs) and entree and then i'm like meh like i want to see who wins but i'm not that into the dessert i think i bet you i i bet you that's a common thing that people say oh my god i was so like I, we'll get there. We'll okay. get there. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll, we'll talk about it. Okay. We'll talk about it. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, I got on the show. They interviewed me. They came and did this video of me and my wife. This is like before my daughter. Oh my god, this is like a long time ago. This is like eight years or six years ago. Um, I'll try to remember the best of my ability. Uh, and then they're like, "Yeah, so you know, you're going to come to Toronto this date, and it's going to be one day." And I was like, "One day." Were you excited when you found out you got on the show? Was I what? You must have been pumped, really excited when you found out you got on the show. I was, I was very excited. Yeah, it was great. I mean, other than doing like, you know, what's for dinner or whatever on CBC, on the on the CBC, I uh, I've never never really been on TV. So, uh, oh, we were on. I was on. You got to eat here before that. But um, anyway, so. uh, Go to Toronto, fly in, and get to the get to the uh, the studio, and they're like, "Well, if you make it all the way through, it's probably going to be like a sixteen to eighteen hour day filming." And I was like, "Wow, that's crazy! <laughs> it's like it's a shift, right? That's a shift at a restaurant." Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Solid shift. Sixteen hours. So, yeah, it was it was it was intense, uh, but they treated us great. Um, Dean McDermott was the host at the time. He was an interesting character. Uh, In what way? In what way was he interesting? It's just... uh, (laughs) You're like, how do I say this? (laughs) How do I I say this without offending him? Uh, No, I'm not going to offend him. Uh, He was just... uh, It's so (laughs) funny to see the switch. To see the switch of people who... Of their personalities between... Right. You know, the camera being on and the camera being off. And he was, he would go from like super bright and out there and then the camera off. It was like his shoulders kind of dropped. It was like just getting ready, maybe just mentally getting ready for the, for the next take. Right. 
Uh, but it was super hard. Uh, it was super odd to be cooking with like literally like three cameras on you, uh, like three oh, camera yeah. people like in your face and like four microphones hovering above you. And like everywhere you went, they were, they, they did, they were really good at not getting run over, but they would follow you everywhere. It was, and it you're was probably, cool. ru- you're rushing around too. So, Oh my God. And I'm like a bull in a China shop, like dead <laughs> in my way. Like <laughs> I, I'm the worst, uh, and clumsy. Very okay. Clumsy. So let's picture you get there. It's, it's the beginning of the shoot. You're about to open that boss box. Now I know I've worked in TV before, so I know it takes a long time to get to even that point, but you're standing there. There's the four of you there. What are you, are you, what are you thinking? Is your heart beating out of your chest? I'm thinking, uh, there was a pastry chef, Tony, uh, whom I know, oddly enough, um, was on the show. And uh, I was like, I like you, Tony, but you got to go. You can't make it. You cannot make it to the dessert route because <laughs> his pastries are amazing. Uh, I, yeah, I was. And also, I also, I very nervous to see what was in the basket because, like, you know, I've watched the show. It's like gummy bears and. Yeah. And, and seaweed, you know, just, just ridiculous things. Seaweed. I would be happy with, <laughs> I like, that's fine. Uh, but it's just like, it's, it's the, con- it's the confectionery stuff that they throw into right. the savory courses that really, that really would have like that throw me off. And they did, of course they did. Uh, but the first course was canned ham, apricot jam, Call Robbie and something else that I can't remember. Um, I would make a canned ham apricot soup. <laughs> <laughs> Every course would just be a soup. Be a soup. You can just put it in a blender. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pureed soup, all of it. Yeah, there you go. So, so the uh, my you know, my first impressions were, you know, you know, I'm from Newfoundland. We can we grew up on that bologna and canned ham stuff. So. Uh, I was thinking Hawaiian, so because in Hawaii, spam is like, is is king. Right. They put spam oh, yeah. is like a is a famous Hawaiian delicacy, and they treat it so many different ways. But one of the one of the ways they do it is they uh, kind of bread it and uh, pan fry it so it's crispy on the outside. Mm. So uh, I did that with some kohlrabi puree and some pre. Oh, white wine! White wine was the other one because uh, what goes better with spam than white wine? Uh, <laughs> So we did uh, the braised kohlrabi leaves in white wine, uh, and did, I did an apricot sauce with the jelly, and I kind of glazed the meat as well. Um, and the whole time I'm thinking about it, I'm going, this is going to be horrible. No matter how good <laughs> I cook this, no matter how good I prepare this, and then we get to the judging, and they're like, oh, I love the way that this <laughs> texture and the, fla- the flavor really came out in your kohlrabi. I'm like, there has to be a certain level of BS from these judges to make it right. interesting, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it it's still food. Yeah. Uh, and then the second course. Uh, I have a question. When you go ahead. when you bring it to the uh, to the judges, by the time they actually film them tasting it, is it cold at that point? It takes forever, Julian. It's like I was like. <laughs> And that's what really bugged me as well. It's like, they're not eating it. What's happening? 
Right, right. What's what's going on? Unless like they eat because you make four, you have to make an extra plate. I know that one's for like beauty shots, but oh, maybe I always they, wondered like, t- why there was four. Yeah, because there's three judges. Yeah, they take a beauty shot of it, right, for the for their uh, content. Um, a beauty shot of canned ham. Um, <laughs> so we uh, then we get like ushered back into this room, and that's where they usually do like the we're, you know we're all sitting around. I was like, oh, I don't know, how did you do? How did, I, don't know. I don't know how I did. How did I think you won. No, I think you won. You know, everybody's, <laughs> being, everybody's being so nice. Do they guide you in any way into in what to say when the cameras are on? Because if you've never been on TV and you're just kind of sitting there and, and not talking, do they say, like, uh, just kind of encourage each other? or? Yeah, I, yeah, there is some prep stuff. Um, uh, I feel like the, the, uh, the first guy that um, was, uh, was voted off, um, he was like an old pro or something. He was just so – it's like he watched the show forever. He knew – he knew exactly what to say. He kind of led us, and then when he got voted off, uh, we were kind of lost, to be honest. <laughs> so then, then, uh, then, yeah, they were like prompting us and, and probing us to, uh, you know, have a conversation. Um, and then, so we're in there for probably like half an hour, and then we go out, and then they're tasting our food. So I'm like, so it's definitely they, a cold at this point, obviously. Yeah, for sure it is. But they just go for, for sure. the flavors and the taste and the textures. Yeah, they and they're and they're all culinarians and chefs, so they so they get so they get it. Right. Um, and Suter Lee is just sitting up there with his dark eyes, just staring <laughs> yeah. into my soul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just that man scares me. He is intimidating. <laughs> he uh, is an amazing chef, but he is very intimidating. I worked at a Mexican uh, restaurant in Toronto, and he would come all the time, and serving him was a whole thing. He would come with his family and his sons, and I, was, every time was just a nervous wreck. Did he, did he always like the food? or? Yeah, he, he always liked the food, great tipper. It was genuine, like genuinely just a nice guy, but just so intimidating. There's just something about... That man, and you Which just want to please him. Which makes TV, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's just got, you know, that chin-up stern look. And then Michael is just the, this giant who could, like, step on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who is a gentle giant, by the way. Through that show, we became, like, really good friends. And after the show, he invited me to... Uh, go over every year to uh, help them out with uh, Village Feast, which is in um, PEI, and they, uh, they raise money for cook camps in Kenya. So we do this big feast for, like, I think it's 1,200 people in a field, steak, lobster, oysters, salad, oh, chowder. Oh, so nice. And, I, and I did, it's a strawberry shortcake, and then we do a, a dish from Kenya called Githeri. Mm. And uh, uh, so we go over every year. So it's a... Uh, their personas on TV are definitely not who they are in person. He had, uh, a great, he had a, I loved his show, uh, Chef at Home. Was that it? Oh, Chef it was at, awesome. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. So do you remember his? Do you remember his son Gabe on that show? Remember his son would like run into the kitchen. Yeah, actually, and, yeah, 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 yeah. That little boy, he's like yes. taller than Michael now. He's like a monster. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So the the whole chopped experience then you get to the second round and you have to stand there and they say okay we're going to tell you to open your baskets but don't open your baskets and we go okay and they do that like five times <laughs> just to get different, what are they just getting they get, different shots so it's, it, it is yeah for chopped so it is legit like you you don't know the ingredients just for everybody out there we do not know the ingredients 
Mm-hmm. We like they are not. We're not prepped beforehand. It is a true black box competition. It's a mystery box. Like we we do not know. We got to run. We had a quick tour of the pantry beforehand, and uh, yeah. So it is. It is a true mystery. So basket. did you ever think at any of the stages of the appetizer, entree, or dessert that you thought I'm not going to finish, or did you ever get to a panic point where you're like, okay, I need to really buckle down here and yeah because it's a crazy amount of time like what is it like 20 minutes for the appetizer round or something 20 minutes for the appetizer 30 for the main and 35 for dessert if i recall correctly that's why it seems Uh, crazy that it's a 16 hour shoot day when those like the rounds are so short so true yeah and we were the i was on the first season of chop canada right so you know maybe they improve thing you know not improve but maybe they you know got it down faster yeah um since then but yeah it was a super long day um and then uh, to answer your question jen the dessert round i'm a lot of things i do a lot of things great i am not a pastry chef Uh, i'm just not (laughs) yeah and then and then the throw in and then the throw in like i think my basket for dessert was beets pound cake uh gummy bears and and uh, some sort of herb, if I recall, sage or I would make a uh, beets pound cake gummy bear soup. Soup, yeah, that sounds, <laughs> sounds a lot. A dessert you know, soup. That sounds, that sounds a lot better than what I made. What was um, it, what was the uh, main course? Oh, the main course was which, which was amazing. I thought the main course was like really good. Uh, they gave us a whole like slab of artisan bacon, like a big chunk of smoked pork belly. Um, that sounds root, insane. root beer. Uh, oh my God. What else was there? Was there, what else was in there? Root beer, pork. Oh my God. Sorry guys. It's been no, like no. It's okay. a million years. Um, anyway, so, uh, I made this, uh, what did I do? Oh, and I did. Yeah. Sorry. So, oh, pompadom. You know what a pompadom is? Yeah. The, is it like a crispy Indian sort of yeah. crispy bread? You know that thing yeah. I made in the frying pan? Yeah. 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 yeah usually, usually like I deep fry them and they're, they're, they puff right up. Right. Um, so uh, I would, and I impressed Seusser with this because I, uh, I fried it and like tossed it in some spices and I did this like root beer glaze rendered pork with this creamy polenta and the way it looked, he said, he said, oh, the way this looks, it looks like a sailboat of flavor and it's carrying me away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's, uh, doing, it's, great. it's doing wonders to my intermittent fasting right now. I'm, I'm dying to Salivating. eat a slab of pork belly. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like my favorite. I had, oh, so I had, good. I had to get my gallbladder removed because I ate way too much pork belly. No way. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. 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 So uh, I don't eat much pork anymore, but I love it. Yeah, it's flavorful. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so you thought you wouldn't finish the dessert. Like, did anything go wrong? Were you afraid of cutting your finger? All the stuff that's that, you know, because a lot of times when we're rushing, whether we're chefs or not, and you're feeling panicked, you end up screwing up because you're rushing so much. So uh, I guess that whole thing that with you that calms you down in the thick of things is probably a great 
uh, attribute to have to win chopped, right? Is that ability to yeah. be Zen and the chaos. Yeah. It seems like the more chaotic it is, the more I can just kind of hone in. I actually, I work better under pressure. I work better with deadlines. Um, it's probably just, you know, from years of just being such a procrastinator that I had to do things at the last minute. Right. Uh, and that just kind of helped me in the long run, I guess. But yeah, I just, that, that's the way I work. It's the way my mind works. Um, I did, it did cross my mind the night before when I didn't sleep. Um, is laying in bed thinking, oh my God, what if I get in there and like chop my thumb off or something? Or <laughs> what if I, what if I, like I, I burn myself so bad that I have to leave? Cause it happens, right? Yeah. You can be an amazing chef. You just, yeah. you can just, it's an accident. That's all it is. Um, and I was just hopeful that that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, the the point when I was really doubting myself uh, was that I, th- I thought I had it in the bag. Like, you know, eventually I, it turns out I did. But when we got to the dessert round and when I started kind of getting all my ingredients ready for plating, I was like, this is the biggest disaster that has ever happened on a plate <laughs> <laughs> in in the world. I did this like beet because uh, of course they put beets in there. So, and they give us pound cake. So I did this like beet shortcake with a uh, semi Fredo. And I, so I, for those of you who don't know what a semi Fredo is, it's like a semi frozen dessert, usually like in a puck kind of shaped tower. And I put it in the blast chiller and then, uh, my, the other uh, Subra, my the guy who was competing against me at the end. He went over to the blast chiller to put something in, and when he left, he didn't close it. So my semi Fredo was like, oh shit, the the opposite of semi Fredo, right? <laughs> oh no. So then I had to like totally change. Not blame me on him. It probably didn't taste good, anyways. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> it just, anyways, it it just looked. Like a toddler did it. And I just, I was so fortunate that I did, you know, so much better on the other two courses because Zubra's Zubra's dessert was far, but he made this, like, he made this cookie from scratch and did this, like, pillowy cloud of Sabayon, and (laughs) it just, it just looked amazing. Um, And Suser said it was the best cookie he's ever eaten. And I was like, oh, it's over now. <laughs> so probably you did better in the appetizer and on. You know how that can happen too. Like, where... yeah, that's that's what they said oh, okay. in the end. Yeah, yeah, they said, uh, um, they said that. Yeah, my my dishes were better uh, in the first and second round. Um, but I like I I like the ones I like the chopped episode the chopped episodes where they do the home cook ones. Do you ever see that one? Yes. Yeah. Those are like my favorite. Like amateur cooks kind of? Yeah. Yeah, I would love to go on. I would love it. You should. Do you cook, Jen? Yeah, I love cooking. She's a great cook. Who's the the best, better cook out of both of you? Jen. I don't know, but you're really good (laughs) though, Jules. You just never do it. Yeah, but you're better. If we were to have a chop off here, you would win. Julian said that my cooking has uh, gotten better during the pandemic, eh, Jules? Oh, yeah. The things you're pulling off are very impressive (laughs) on a daily basis. I mean, yeah. 
Also, so I, I'll also I'll always say uh, Jen's the better cook too, because then she, it encourages her to, it encourages her to do it more, and then I can just roll in. You just in. took away the compliment. <laughs> yeah, no, you you are you are the better cook for sure. So what would be like? What would be? And I hate this question. Signature I hate, dish. I, yeah, I hate when somebody asks me what my <laughs> way on what. What's my favorite thing to cook? It's like food. But as um, I scratch that off my list of questions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what would be like your your go to, Jade, at home? What would be your? Hmm. There's a few go tos, but one that I'm really enjoying doing recently is a like it's such a simple thing, but so delicious is like homemade fries and interactive fry with like a hot chicken sandwich. Yum. And it's just really classic comfort food. But I think the reason I'm excited about it was because I always thought, well, how am I ever going to make my own gravy? Because I don't like buying the gravy packets because there's so much crap in those. Yes, there is. So I was like, how do I make my own gravy? Like, could I just get good at whipping up my own gravy? And I figured it out, Angels. Yeah, it's that's a good one. You make really good uh, meatballs. It's tacos. We do some tacos at home with um. We make the tortillas by hand with just like uh, the corn masa and water. I mean, it's the that's ma- awesome. Masa harina. Yeah, we have a like, masa harina. Yeah, yeah. We have the press. Yeah, we got the press. Yeah, I'm super impressed. <laughs> no, and we were no using a rolling pin. I was re- using rolling pin before, but with them we got the press, and that helps. But um, it's they're very simple. Like I love simple food with really good ingredients. I uh, learned that a long time ago when I used to go to my friend's place who was, who's Italian and her mom used to make the sauce on the Sunday. And I used to say to her, how do you make the sauce? And she's like, I don't know. I'll just throw this. And I throw that. And I'm like, yeah, but what do you do exactly? And she's like, well, I don't know. I just, you know, and she would never tell me exactly what she did, but I finally watched her do it one Sunday and it was ridiculously simple how like the ingredients were just so simple and I love that kind of food. That is my motto. 100%. Um, for not necessarily for competitions, but every day for my, for at home for, you know, 90% of our clients, it's just simple ingredients done well. Right. And flavor is the most important thing, right? So even if you're getting really fancy and elaborate, and obviously the competitions wouldn't work unless you're doing that, right? Something special and mm-hmm. different. But flavor is the most important thing, right? One hundred percent, yeah. And and a lot of you know young cooks um, miss that. They you know they they see all these beautiful plates. That, you know when you go on Instagram and see you know it's food porn. You know all these plates of food, but you know it takes a long time to make those plates of food look perfect. And all that food is, you know, it's, it's modeled and it's made to make, you know, be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of young cooks, you know, they, in the first part of their career, they, they kind of overstep the, you know, it's a stepping stone, right? They, they miss that step of flavor and they go right to presentation. And, mm. and if you can't make something taste good, then it's not worth putting on a plate. Right. Does does it frustrate you at all when you see when you serve food and then you see everyone take their phones out and take pictures? Are you like just eat it or are you like, well, yeah, take a picture, share my food? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I if it makes them happy, it's part of the experience. Yeah. Uh, then uh, then that's totally cool. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know a lot. Of, like, is it still as bad? Do you think? Because I I'm I'm kind of out of the restaurant. 
scene. Like I'm not, you know, I go eat in a restaurant, right. obviously, but but like my my business now isn't really restaurant related. So, do, is it as bad as it used to be? Worse. I remember when it's, I when I, I when I owned a restaurant, ninety percent of the dining room would have their phones out taking pictures of the food. It's now it would be a hundred. I swear to God, it's it's uh, everybody's taking pictures of their food. It's yeah, it's just a whole, it's like part of the dining experience. It just comes. It's kind of along the lines of what we were talking about, how the pinnacle of each career is being on TV. Well, that's the same for just life. Everyone, because everyone's got their own social media, so you're kind of like in a star in your own world or trying to be. Mm-hmm. So that's all part of it. It's like, ooh, I have it's this. all about it's all about getting more followers and yeah, having, image crafting having the best content. And just having the best life on 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 uh, social media. It's, it's such a fake world. It very much <laughs> is an incredibly <laughs> fake world. You you say now you're more into uh, you're not into the like in a kitchen in a restaurant, but you're um, doing catering. More. Yeah, well, what what we do at Legends. Um, so we're more of like a trade and convention center. So right. we do a lot of like big trade shows. Like, uh, and we also do weddings. We do wine dinners. Uh, we host the World Wine Food Expo. Uh, you know, we do, there's, we have this saying, you know, one day it's hot dogs, the next day it's foie gras. We, we just don't, we, it's, it's so customized. It's so, um, so diverse uh, everything that we do is you know we do anything from turkey dinners to a eight course high-end wine dinner or you know a, a beer dinner or a gala or it just it just depends on what the client is looking for yeah so we can custom we can customize and we you know we do have catering menus and packages and corporate packages and wedding packages but to be honest 75 to 80 percent of the time it's a custom it's a customized menu that we sit and work with the clients and to make their experience the best that it can be. And do you like that? But I, I imagine it changes all the time. Do you like it better than working in a restaurant on a set menu all the time? Yeah. It just, yeah, it keeps your, keeps your juices flowing. It keeps, you know, it keeps it interesting and you're always dealing with a different project. So when there's every, every year there's a slew of new projects that come along. So, um, it really keeps it interesting. I mean, I've been there for eight years now. It's the it's the longest I've ever stayed at one job <laughs> and not gotten bored. So it speaks uh, it speaks volumes. Hey, hey, um, oh, sorry for go. interrupting. No, I'm done. Good. Go um, can I ask some questions from our uh, absolutely our viewers? Yeah, is for that sure. all right, Matt? Yo, hundred percent. So Lee would like to know what what's the difference in pressure between being a chef in a busy restaurant and being on a TV show? Hmm. Well, a TV show you can walk away from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a restaurant full of people you have to get through it. That's what's we've so talked, crazy. We talked about that too, eh? Like oh, I, so I, many times. Serving is like that too. Oh yeah, even front of house. Like so many times, I've been on a POS system, uh, on the verge of tears, going, weighing out the pros and cons of just leaving. <laughs> going like yeah. I could just, but if you're the chef, you can't. You have to finish. I mean, you could, but I yeah. mean, it's there goes your yeah. career pretty much. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you if you walk out, I mean, that's a. It's a 
that's a negative stamp on your resume. You'll never get a reference. You'll, you know yeah, what I mean? And yeah. Especially if you you own the place as well. Right, right. Uh, oh, man. I mean? That's the thing. The pressure is I can't even yeah. imagine. And when you it's own like, the place, you're first one in, last one out often. It's just like relentless. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, those that 18-hour day I was talking about on Chop, that was an average day when I owned a restaurant. And, you know, wow. it's uh, – you, uh, you really have to uh, – buckle down but yeah so the the main difference is yeah it's your livelihood versus fantasy basically i guess right what wendy says which ingredient was the hardest to work with when you were on chopped um hardest hmm uh probably not the hardest but like the least excited and the least i did with it was the gummy bears i was like what am, <laughs> what am i gonna do with a gummy bear yeah. so i just melt I just melted it down, melted them down and made a sauce, which is like the easy way out. I, I called it like a, a gummy bear gastrique or something <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and I just kind of melted them down and, and kind of spun them. You know, and, and when you look back on it, there's a million th- things you could have done, but it's in the heat of the moment and you have 30 minutes. So well, that's like, it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's the play. You give it a fancy French name. And it's just, yeah, there it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Julian, uh, one of our friends, Michelle, a uh, good friend of Julian Knight's uh, is Michelle. And her husband is a chef. And she said, Luke loved working with him. So he must be a chill chef. Chef. So I thought I would just pass that compliment. Oh, on Luke uh, Castillo. Oh, Luke. Yeah. Yeah. I love that guy. Great guy. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that was my first restaurant job at Rouge in Moncton, and Luke was chef there when it was a French restaurant back in the day. When you met, would you you work with Colin and Troy? Yes, yeah, 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 um, yeah. Luke Small is uh, Luke is a phenomenal guy. We went to uh, we went to a food show together in um, oh Luke, and Luke helped me compete in my first year at Goldman at uh, Great Kitchen Party as well. He oh, came nice. in and helped uh, helped uh, at the competition. And, uh, yeah, we went to a food show together in Halifax one year, and uh, we had a great time. We'll just leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Eric says, uh, what does he say to young cooks that know everything? I feel like you answered that question already earlier, huh? Um, Sort of, but I I really – it just depends on the cook and how they're going to take the information and how they receive it. Um, But – I just I sit down with them and, and find out what you know what's important to them and what what drives them and and why they're doing what they're doing. And you know what's so odd? It's sometimes it's sometimes it's as simple as I don't know, seemed like a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like well, okay, well, so you really kind of you really kind of feel out each situation because everybody's different and everybody's gonna everybody's gonna. Um, process in the information differently so you know it could be something as you know you have a i see young chefs who have for young cooks who have phenomenal talent uh, and i really just try to give them as much constructive criticism and and guidance and encouragement as possible and then there's those who you know aren't very serious about it they they like cooking or or whatever and they're you know you can they tell it's right now at this point it's probably not their path 
you encourage them, of course. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the talk is different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a friend who's obsessed with blue cheeseburgers, and he would like to know <laughs> what the best condiment would be on a blue cheeseburger, in your opinion. A blue, like a burger with blue cheese, or like yes. a blue cheese inside a burger? Or? Oh, well, I, I think he's assuming it's on top, but I, I'm sure inside okay. would work too. <laughs> I like blue cheese. I always like to balance my blue cheese out with something a little more sweet and tart. Okay. Um, one thing that we do um, is a smoked onion jam. Um, oh, that, that sounds, sounds amazing. Yeah, so we do uh, basically chop up onions and we smoke them uh, till they're like super, like probably like half an hour uh, until they're broken down. And then we put them in a pot with tons of sugar, vinegar, and a little bit of water and just cook it down like jam. Uh, and it's uh, smoky. It's rich. You get lots of umami. Um, so, yeah, that's what, that's what I'd probably do. There, there's, there's your answer, Matt. He always watches, or Matt that, that, that uh, asked the question, he always somehow wedges a blue cheeseburger question in there. It doesn't matter who's on or what we're talking about. He'll ask... <laughs> A blue cheeseburger question, and there you have it: smoked onion jam. Oh, that sounds yes. so good. And, and I think, like, if you don't want to, you know, if you don't want to make something yourself, yeah, uh, I'm sure gourmet grocers have like smoked right compotes or maybe they're uh, you know bacon jam is a big thing right now. You could probably get like smoked bacon jam or something like right, that. Right, right, but right, right. It just can't, you know, blue cheese is so rich, so you want to you have to be careful. Do you recommend? Do you recommend uh, anybody uh, remove their gallbladders as a preventative thing to eat more pork? <laughs> to eat more pork belly? Because I can't stop thinking about. Geez, so maybe I, maybe I'll do it just to ham, ham, just ham to, it up. Just to just to like just to quantify what I've talked about about that. So when we first opened, uh, when I was with Titan Boar, when we first when I first moved to Moncton, oh, yeah, Titan Boar. Uh, right. Yeah. So when I first opened it, like pork belly was everywhere on mm-hmm. our menu and we would cook like two to three bellies a day um and for those who don't know that's a lot of pork belly um and i would have to i'd have to try some every day and for like two years i was tasting everything on the menu every day to try to make sure or, you know we were putting out what it should be and i just got super sick and wasn't feeling well <laughs> and i got uh, you know, all the scans and stuff done. They're like, you know, what's your diet like? I'm like, well, every day I eat, you know, <laughs> pork belly, uh, <laughs> you know, French fries. We do, uh, you know, truffle this. I eat some, try our pâtés, our foie gras. They're like, wow, you need to, like, you need to, t- you need to, like, eat vegetables. Because <laughs> fat tastes good. <laughs> fat tastes super good. Fat is where it's at, right? Yeah. That is, like, yeah. That's that was my, you know, world to live by for many many years not so much anymore but it does it tastes so good yeah. like why, why is fried chicken so good why is it so good i know because it's fat fried and fat <laughs> butter <laughs> butter right there right butter Rice? i feel like i would i would hey jules i've had issues myself with if i eat too much fat i get that pain so yeah i, I think i'll i think there's a lot of people in that same boat and i could see how if you're in that all the time you probably get addicted to the fat too you kind of want to eat it all the time yeah and it's like well when i was working in at geo in halifax uh 
I would stand on the line on the pass every night and expedite and call orders and every single morsel of food that was put on plates, they'd always, always have to make extra so I could taste it. And we're talking like every plate. So every time we do make, you know, say there was a risotto on a plate, then risotto would be made for that plate. And then I'd taste it before it went to the dining right. room and then we'd put it on the plate. And I was swallowing all this food and I put on like <laughs> 28 pounds or something stupid <laughs> in a few months. <laughs> so, uh, and you know, I, and that back then it was like, you know, my metabolism was great. I was young. Uh, and I had to get after like a, a couple of, or a year of doing that. I'm like, I can't be swallowing this food. I can still taste it and like, like spit it out or something. Cause I was eating the equivalent of probably like five main courses in the run of a, <laughs> i know what you mean because that job that i was talking about earlier when i was 18 my first serving job we had this fresh baguette and um i had to cut it every single time for soups or whatever and it was really good bread really fresh and we had whipped butter so every time oh, i would cut so some good. bread i know so good i would have like a, a piece of baguette with some whipped butter on it and then anytime i'd i'd cut cheesecake we had really good cheesecake there too delicious like homemade homemade like really good ingredients and then every time there's that extra cheesecake on the knife and oh yeah I, and i would eat the extra cheesecake on the knife don't worry i'd wash the knife after guys this was pre-covid <laughs> I, can just, I can just picture you this yeah just licking this big serrated knife in the kitchen <laughs> this isn't cheesecake this is my cake like, <laughs> and i i gained weight too even at 18 i had gained a bunch of weight and i was like why am i gaining weight it's like well because well, you don't realize every lick of cheesecake knife and every whipped butter piece of baguette have you know second on your lips it's so good and then so good. and now there's then there's a thing called deep fried cheesecake Oh my god. Which should be should be criminal, right? It's oh, like yeah. I'm a I am not like I'm kinda over cheesecake until they decided to deep fry it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can kinda deep fry anything and make it better. I know. It's true. We we did that in the kitchen once. We uh this guy, uh Kyle, Kyle Woods, he made it his mission to make uh, to deep fry everything so we could try it and he would deep fry everything. <laughs> and every day we try it oh, uh, man. and it was funny because even if it was bad we still ate it it was good I know yeah. it is good it, I mean how yeah. could you go wrong just uh, Matt's being so generous with his time right now I think I uh, like it's yeah getting, it's getting kind of well you've heard it here first deep fry everything and get those gallbladders out and yeah uh, <laughs> that, that's the message of the day yeah. Julie before <laughs> you said that you're on some sort of cleanse or something right now well I, I do intermittent fasting so I, I'll I'll eat throughout the day, but then not eat for 16 hours. Is it 16 <laughs> hours? Uh, yeah, you eat during an eight-hour window. You probably know about intermittent fasting, eh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, and do you, find it, do you find it's benefiting you? Yeah. Uh, it makes um, talking to a chef in the morning very difficult, but otherwise... It's do you uh, get angry? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I definitely. Do I, do, I do definitely get hangry, but it makes you, that first meal... So today I can eat what around ten. Um, that first oh. meal is so good. Actually, it's, I feel like congratulations. You eat earlier. Oh, thank I know. you. Yeah, I don't even know. I, there are all these benefits that that come from doing it, and um, yeah, you know, we do uh, we do uh, a couple times a year. We do like thirty days of no dairy, 
no gluten, no sugar. Um, yeah, it's good to and, reset. You kind of reset the system, you know. Yeah, exactly. And you know, as you know, as you get older, it's you kind of need that. You kind of need that health, that added health in life. Yeah, and I think like a lot of those foods can be a slippery slope into regular life when really ultimately they should just be a treat, right? Hundred percent cheesecake yeah. knife. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, Matt, thank you so much. This has been great. We could talk to you all day. Yeah, yeah. No, this is before we go. I, uh, if you have just a minute, I'd like to just uh, do a, like a, a selfish plug. If that's oh, please that. do. We're please just going to ask we you. We would that. love that. Yeah. So uh, I started a new um, business uh, because you know I have all the time in the world. Um, with my business partner, April, uh, our company is called, uh, some good foods. Uh, so we are about to launch a, uh, reimagined freezy using all, uh, natural fresh pressed juice. No way. Uh, oh, cool. yeah. And we're, uh, it's also hydrating cause we're adding electrolytes to keep your, uh, the kiddos and yourself, uh, hydrated during those uh, warm summer months and after activity and just an anytime snack. They're delicious. They're made with all natural juice. So it's just the ingredients. It's clean label. They're gluten free. They're 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 everything that you need a treat to be. Uh, and there's no added sugar. We're talking about five ingredients. You have, you know, fresh pressed apple juice, fresh pressed cranberry juice, and fresh pressed blueberry juices. Yum. Ooh, that and, sounds great. And just some, and some electrolytes. So I would love to send you guys up a sample. Uh, if you could, uh, Jen or Julian, just send me a message at your address. I'll send you some up to taste. Absolutely. Taste it right, yeah. on, right on the air. Oh, that's so exciting. Congratulations. Yeah, so we've, we've, we've been working on that. And that's just the first of a bunch of, a bunch of food. We have a lot of uh, innovation coming down the line. So look out for us in your local grocer. Some oh, good food. Do you guys exciting. have an online presence yet or anything? Not yet. So we're only about six months in. We're doing our uh, launch in New Brunswick for this summer um, uh, just to get pr- our proof of concept. And then uh, by February, March of 2022, it'll be uh, across Canada. Can you tell us the name of it again one more time? Some, S-U-M, good uh, that'll be the name on the package. Name some of the company good. is Some okay. Good Food. So it's basically our idea is um, Atlantic Canadian fruit plus hydrating minerals equals the sum of all things good. Got it. I love that. Some good food. Well, follow at Maddie Pennell on uh, Instagram to uh, stay up to date on that. I'm sure you'll let us know there. Absolutely. And uh, follow the uh, Chef Matt Pennell a Facebook page as well, like that. And uh, thanks again. You've been uh, great. We could, uh, we'll have you on again. It was yeah. a real good chat. And we'll, uh, well, I have to have some of your food now next time we're in Moncton. Oh, I just want to tell you how much I love Tidenbore. I love Tidenbore. And I never, we didn't even get a t- chance to talk about how you, you, you uh, were the owner. Like, did you start the restaurant? Yeah, myself and my business partner, uh, Chad, and his father was another partner. We uh, started it, and uh, I was there for three years, and then I sold my shares to those guys. And, and when I'm away, I was kind of uh, – uh, it was so much fun. I'm, I'm so glad that I did it, and, and they're still going strong. And they just opened up another spot as well called Tidenbore Brewing, which I hear is great. Um but, uh, yeah, I, I was just, uh, 
I hit that burnout. And I think this is yeah. a conversation for another day because I yeah, can go yeah. on forever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I could. Another yeah. So time, it was just we'll it was it. time to uh, to explore other avenues of the of the industry. But uh, yeah, lots of fun there and uh, lots of learning moments as well. Well, you've done so much in your career. I mean, that's that chopped all the championships. Really, it's amazing career that you've had. And we're so grateful that you're here to talk to us today. It was great. Well, thanks for having me. It was a, it was a blast. I, I feel like, uh, I'm, I'm actually watching you guys on YouTube with the volume off. So I feel like we're, <laughs> we're, we're in the room together. That's so, great, uh, man. Yeah. You guys have a great day. Okay, uh, Maddie, you too. Having, thanks for having me. No, oh, you're waving. Hi. I'm waving back at you. I was waving back at you like you could see me. <laughs> All right. We'll chat soon. Thanks so much. All right. Take care, Thank guys. You. Take Bye. care. Thanks. Bye. There he goes. Oh, that was great. That was really, really great. I'm telling you, it's. I am so fucking hungry right now. I know, right? All of the talk of the pork bellies and the things and the that's, I'm, star- I'm starving. Let's eat. Matt Pennell, there he goes. Has it been what time did we eat yesterday? Early, remember? Oh yeah, yeah, like three or something. Like we, we have we can <laughs> such a messed up schedule. We have dinner at three forty-five. <laughs> In bed by yesterday late eight thirty. That was late. Yeah, didn't sleep enough, but up up at four thirty. Yeah, Let's Matt see. Pennell, follow him at Matty Pennell. Here I'll throw his Instagram up again. I'm right there. What and nice uh, look up for uh, look out for some good food, S U M good food. Yeah, I'll we'll eat those freezies right on the air. Definitely. Defo. I'll be a customer. I meant to, to say to him. I'll That's a very uh, Shark Tank thing to say of you. <laughs> I will definitely be a customer though, because I love the idea of the electrolytes. It's also a kind of a healthy dessert. You know, when you want something sweet after dinner, I think that's a really that would be a great market for them too. Is I can't see myself investing at this time, but I will be a customer. That's not true. What do you mean? You'd invest in it. No, no, I'm as a Shark Tank thing. Yeah, oh yeah, was, yeah, right. Oh, you're a playing <laughs> character. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not true. Just to make sure nobody's feeling gets. Wendy says Matt must come back. Yes, we have. Yeah, have we'll Matt definitely back. have him back. I feel like everybody we have on, we could have back because as soon as they leave, I think of all these questions that uh, I wanted to ask. Like, I know. Oh, today, tomorrow, I'll be like, oh, yeah. Oh, shit, I should have asked that. So we'll, we'll definitely have him on. And we'll see him in Moncton at some point in a post-pandemic world. We'll uh, definitely have some food or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's uh, that's the show for today. I've got, to, I've got to go pesh. Be sure to please uh, review and rate on your favorite podcast platform on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash the Julian Dion Show. Like us, like us, like it, like this video, share it on Instagram, at Julian Dion Show. You know, we're yeah. all over the internet. We so sure thank you to those who tuned in live and uh, brought some questions for Matt. That's always a good time. And we have a great Whoa. guest tomorrow. Whoa, wrong file. We have an excellent yes, guest tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. Tell us about the guest tomorrow, Jen, our so, guest. So, yeah, so we have a guest tomorrow. Uh, his name is Darren. He owns a company called Authentic Ginger. And uh, I'll just leave it at that to kind of pique your interest. It obviously has something to do with redheads and gingers, and I am one. 
uh, we bonded on that. And uh, yeah, we we're going to be talking to him tomorrow at, I guess, 730-ish. Around the same time, Eastern yeah. Eastern Standard Time. And um, show always starts at 7. We usually have guests about a half an hour into the show, just FYI. So we have two guests this week. So we're get, starting to get more and more guests. If you have any suggestions for guests, please email us at... JDShow at LemonPress.ca. JDShow at LemonPress.ca. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Jen, love you. Julian, love you. I've got to go pesh again. It's the, it's the, the having two liters of water before the show. Maybe just do one. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, okay, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow morning or afternoon or evening, whenever you do listen. But until then, watch your head. Yeah, I learned a lot. Got a degree in what I'm not. You spend your life looking for what you already got. Such a beautiful waste of time. Waste of time. Time